All right, so before I start this podcast, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my guy, Michael Baker. Uh, he's out there serving our country right now in Japan, doing his thing. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more proud of him. Actually, I made I I, I make a lot of these uh, Eagles, a lot of the Eagles content that I tend to break down in certain videos. Uh, I make them mostly for me, but I also make them for him, too, because he's also a fellow Eagles fan. Fly, Eagles, fly. So in this particular video, though, uh, I break I'm going to break down a video that I've seen from first take um, where basically they're trying to argue whether or not Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson should get a bulk of the blame. Yes, I, I believe Doug Peterson should get most of the blame that much. I do believe. But a lot of the criticism that Carson Wentz is getting, it, it's not really warranted. Uh, has he sucked the past couple of weeks? Yeah, he has. No doubt about that. But um, I do believe that a lot of the things that he's being blamed for, it's due to, I can't say a lack of hands-on coaching, but basically he's working with little to nothing at the receiver position, basically on the offense, uh, which is why uh, he's struggling as of right now. So basically uh, I'm going to break this video down, so hopefully, hopefully uh, you guys can enjoy it. I don't understand how in one breath you can give Doug Peterson credit for simplifying it for one person, complicating it for another. But then we get to Nick Foles being gone and Carson Wentz is here and you're ignoring that to get at Carson Wentz. I don't understand that. So um, I hate that it cut off here. The point that Stephen A. Smith is trying to make here is that as of late, the Philadelphia Eagles offense has been struggling. Uh, however, you have a lot of naysayers and people who believe that if Nick Foles were in this offense, uh, that things would be a lot more simpler. The offense would, you know, the offense would move more, much more smoothly. A lot of people tend to believe that the offense runs much, much more smoothly with Nick Foles than it does with Carson Wentz. And I, I to that, I say that's just false. Um, first off, they were running two different kinds of offenses between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, like. That's pretty much a that that's a given. Number two, uh, Nick Foles wasn't asked to put the game on his back. He simply had to do his part. See, Carson Wentz is asked to do that and then some. Unfortunately, when you have a team that leads the league in drops, and you have the number thirty-two ranked def or offense, uh, oh, the number thirty-two ranked wide receiving core. What I mean, what else do you expect to happen? You know, so I see I see the difference in how Carson Wentz is playing versus how Nick Foles was playing. It's totally different, totally different. I don't believe that Doug Peterson is incapable as a coach of using Carson Wentz properly. I put that on Carson Wentz. He's been in the league long enough now. I was arguing at a time when Molly and others were, were saying Tom Brady should be the MVP a couple years ago. No, Carson Wentz should be yeah, the MVP. Yeah, right. we, we they were that. winning. Yeah. He was looking great. And we I thought that. he was the guy to replace Aaron Rodgers, right? Then I noticed that Nick Foles had an incredible, incredible run in the playoffs. But still, of course, Carson Wentz is your starter. They were floundering with Carson Wentz the following season. Nick Foles took over. They were different. And now they're floundering again. I'm going to say something to you that Dan can't say to you. I believe I'm going to say something to you that neither one of these dudes can say to you. Uh, shut the fuck up, Max. Uh, 
Max has been hating on Carson Wentz now for the longest time. Excuse my language. He's been hating on Carson Wentz. He's never once been a fan of Carson Wentz, at least that from what I can remember. Now, again, this is somebody who obviously I'll give him credit where credit is due. He's a huge boxing aficionado, but he doesn't watch much football, especially Eagles football. The offense, let me just break this down, and maybe they'll break this down in the segment here. Um, because I didn't watch the full segment. I never do. I just watch half of it and kind of get my kind of get some notes. So what Carson Carson Wentz is obviously the better talent. He's the be, he's the better talented quarterback. I read a stat that said that since the Super Bowl, since they won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz has 41 touchdowns and I believe 10 interceptions. 10 or maybe maybe I think 14 interceptions, right? Meanwhile, Nick Foles has 14 touchdowns. And like three interceptions. Nick Foles has a passer rating of like 104. Carson, excuse me, Carson Wentz has a passer rating of like 104. Or, or of like 90, like 101. Nick Foles has a completion rate of 68%. Carson Wentz has a completion rate of 66%. So, again, I, I think it's what they're asked to do within that respective offense. It has nothing to do with who the better quarterback is. And... It doesn't sputter out of control. What Carson Wentz is asked to do, he's asked to command the lead. Have you noticed that? I noticed that. So when Carson Wentz was first drafted in 2016, right? 2016, he has to deal with the likes of Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, and Doriel Green Beckham. Now he's asked to deal with the likes of an injured Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. They just cut Jordan Matthews and they just released Matt Collins. Now he has to deal with Alshon, Nelson Aguilar, and uh, what's that dude's name? Uh, not not Paul Turner. I can't remember what the dude's name is off the top of my head now. This is really going to bother me. Uh, what's his name? The court, Greg Ward. Greg Ward Jr., who was a former quarterback for the University of Houston, turned receiver. That's who we have in uh, an injured Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. This is who Carson Wentz has to deal with now. So... You're asking them to do a lot with a little, but when you have Nick Foles, you're asking Nick Foles to do little with a lot. So that kind of masked his deficiencies as a quarterback because everything that Nick Foles needed was right there. They had a running game. They had receivers who could catch. They had a, uh, a the offensive line was all healthy at this point. So you're asking again, like. You have you you have to give and clearly the play calling isn't the same. Nick Foles, you're running more RPOs. Carson Wentz, you run RPOs. You're running bootlegs, things like that. You're not. You're, I mean, which is fine, but you're asking Wentz to stay in the pocket, and you never once asked Nick Foles to come out of the pocket and throw. See, Carson Wentz is a guy who has to be on the move. You have to get him moving in the pocket. He's not. He's a. He can be a pocket passer, but right now he's athletic enough. He doesn't have to do all that. I believe that your feelings about Carson Wentz completely changed when Joe, Joe Santaliquito, yeah. when Joe's report came out dissecting in the locker room or, or, or alluding to... Which was a BS report. Most of it I do believe, though. I do believe that Carson Wentz is not the quote-unquote best leader. But I do think that he is a good enough leader to lead this locker room. That they can know and they can see who the quarterback really is. Even if Nick Foles is gone. And if they can't see it, I see the Eagles doing a huge overhaul in the offseason to where they're just going to have... To me, this is what I would do. Uh, at this point, I would get rid of Alshon. 
I get rid of Deshaun. I would I would keep Deshaun Jackson. Get rid of Alshon. Get rid of Nelson Aguilar. I would even go as far, and this may sound crazy. Somebody else there was a guy who I follow on YouTube. Shout out to uh, Lord Brunson. He is. He said he would trade Zach Ertz. I would trade Zach Ertz. I really would. Just start over fresh. Get you a new tight end. Get you a, get you a, a, a tight end that, that's best suited for winter skill set. Uh, I, I already see a decline in Zach Ertz. I know it sounds crazy. Sounds crazy. Zach Ertz is getting up there in age, though. So you just let Dallas Goddard be the number one tight end. He can do the same thing Ertz can do, if not better. But you have to give Wentz more. You have to give him something to work with. You can't just give him nothing. He's not Aaron Rodgers-esque yet. And that's where Max, in, Max, in Max's mind, he's thinking to himself, well, I mean, if Carson Wentz was so good, well, look at what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with. You know, he dealt with no-name receivers, so why can't he do it? I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers yet. Aaron Rodgers is, what, 13 years into the league already? If you can accumulate how many years Carson Wentz has been in the league, it'd be about maybe two and a half years if you count the injuries. So you got to give him time to become that. Locker room. The difference between how Nick Foles was received yeah. and how Carson Wentz. I think that your feelings about you Carson that. Wentz yeah. changed that real quick. Real quick, I would understand why you would say that. It, it didn't change then. It corroborate. It explains some things to me. I was curious. Why does this team function so much better than with Foles than Wentz? Then, it explain why the Bingo. Jags are playing worse with Nick Foles than Gardner. Bingo. Nick Foles just got benched for Gardner Minshew. A.K.A. Mr. Pornstash. That's who we got benched for. And they have an offense that's more than capable of moving the ball. So no one can explain that, though. But yet Carson Wentz, people still want Nick Foles to come back into Philadelphia. You have to put Nick. Nick Foles is a system quarterback. He is a system quarter. He's a system guy. If you take away Frank Reich, John DeFilippo, and you leave Doug Peterson to make those play calls, I guarantee you Nick Foles wouldn't look. He he he, he basically turned from the uh, what's what's that saying from Cinderella where he became basically became a pumpkin after the carriage ride or whatever the hell. That's what happened to Nick Foles. That's what's happening to him right now. He's not a starter in the league. Like I mean, he it, what happened was is that he just happened to catch fire, and the defense just happened to they happened to elevate their level of play. Knowing what they had to do, and then from there, Carson, if anything, Doug Peterson protected Nick Foles. He protected him by not putting the game into his hands. He did that all the way. He did that for the Falcons game. He did that for the uh, the Vikings game. He did it for the Patriots game. I mean, he won, He was a Super Bowl MVP. He made some extraordinary plays, but overall, the offense was catered to him. This offense is not catered to Carson Wentz at all. Horses for courses. It, I, I would never argue that Foles is Jack a better quarterback. I would Prescott never argue is, that Foles is a better quarterback go ahead, go ahead, than Wentz. Dak Prescott is, is renowned as a leader. They're six and six in Dallas. So, like okay. some of that. Last year, you. Case in point. Thank you, Mr. Orlovsky. Continue to point to like Nick Foles. They were six and seven with Carson Wentz. Nick Foles came in. That was a bottom four defense. It was a bottom four run game, and it was a bottom four offensive line last year when Carson Wentz was playing. Nick Foles came, they got healthy, it became... That is facts. That is that is facts. Nick Foles... <laughs> Nick Foles is the epitome of right place, right time. 
Notice when he came into the uh, when he came in to start for Carson Wentz after he was hurt in that Rams game. Notice how all of a sudden all the all the offensive line they were all healthy, with the exception of Jason Peters, but he had gotten hurt earlier in the year. But everybody else was gelling just the correct way. I don't think it has anything to do with Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz was balling out in 2017. He was going to be the MVP. He was putting up MVP numbers. Matter of fact. Wentz threw so many touchdowns that nobody caught up to him until Tom Brady did in like week 17. Or I believe they tied in touchdowns. Maybe or maybe Brady, Brady and Russell Wilson had Carson Wentz beat by one touchdown. Wentz had already thrown 33 touchdowns by like week 13. He was on pace to throw about 50 touchdowns. Well, no, he, he was on pace to throw maybe, I'd say maybe 40, 42 touchdowns is what he would have thrown. He threw 33 touchdowns, I believe, or 30-plus touchdowns. He was going to be the MVP. So we can eliminate the Carson Wentz sucks. We, we got, we, we, I mean, he, yeah, he sucked at a couple games, but you can't tell me he's not a gamer, though. You can't. Top five run game, and the defense became uh... – the defense played a lot better. Mm. So it's not just like you you think it's strictly an individualized thing, Max, where like the no. quarterback has. Yes, you do, because you're well, going. I know what well, I think. It's not what I think. Well, that's what you're stating. Well, don't tell me what I think. Because we have to, at a certain point, isolate value. And yeah, I just peeped that Dan Orlovsky's wearing a midnight green, that midnight green tie. I see what on now. We say quarterbacks. When I'm arguing here, quarterbacks are overpaid. You don't have and to I'm told value. And I'm told that they're not overpaid. Okay, then. They're going to get a lot of credit. They're going to take a lot of Why blame. do you have to isolate value? Tell me why you have to how isolate you, how value. How do you understand what someone is worth or something is worth if you can't isolate their value? Numbers. That's one way to start. You could start with the numbers. Impact. Or impact. You can, you can evaluate that, too. That's and not what isolating Carson Wentz value, though. And what, and what was Nick Foles' impact on this team two seasons in a row when it mattered most? Hmm. I guess his impact was to just not mess up. That was his, his, that was his impact. Um, everything for Nick Foles was going right for him. Uh, his impact, like I said, he basically stepped in, as he should have, as a backup. And uh, he performed. I don't think Nick Foles really had an impact. I think, again, he was protected by the play calling, the defense stepping up their game, the run game stepping up their game, and receivers catching the ball more. None of these receivers were dropping the ball for Nick Foles, but, I mean, they were also playing their given positions. You weren't asking Nelson Aguilar to play the outside. You had Alshon. Alshon was he-, he was healthy for the most part. I think he had a shoulder injury. or He, he did something to his clavicle. But he, you know, he was playing a, a solidly decent game. You didn't have a rookie receiver out there dropping the ball. Um, again, the running game was was top five. So I don't, I can't really think of an impact that Nick Foles had. But I don't know. He was two seasons ago. He was home field advantage because of the guy who got hurt. What was his impact? And who won the Super Bowl MVP? Who had the number one that, rush but offense? But that's not fair, Max. Who had the number one Am I making it up? Did he win the Super Bowl? That, that's, that's the dumbest argument. Like Dan Orlovsky said, had it not been for Carson Wentz, the Eagles, I, I listen. Listen, I'm going to break. I, just, oh, let me calm down. I'm going to tell it. How I see fit. How I see fit. 
and I get, I, I got a feeling that a lot of people will, will agree with me on this one. That Eagles Super Bowl run had so much to do with so much happening, right? There were so many things that had to go right for the Eagles in order for them to even go, number one, get home field advantage. Number two, go to the Super Bowl. Because had the Eagles lost that Rams game, well, I believe they had already clinched the NFC East at that point. They clinched the NFC East. Then they had to beat, I think, the Giants to clinch home field advantage, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't clinch home field advantage yet. Or maybe it was, was it against the Raiders they had to clinch home field? So they had to beat the Raiders to clinch home field advantage, right? So that season you had the Eagles, the Vikings, the Saints, uh, and the Falcons. Uh, I, I believe so. Those were the, who else was it? Was it the uh, the Falcons? They were in it. I can't, I can't think of the other team off the top of my head right now. Maybe it was the Panthers. Those are the six teams that you had. I'm pretty sure. But I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sorry. This is off the top of my head. But you needed so much to go right in the season. Number one, the Seahawks were sputtering. Russell Wilson didn't have an offensive line. Um, Matt Ryan, I believe he was coming off of a semi-solid season that year. But, I mean, again, you had to get them out of the dome. I guarantee you if the Eagles didn't clinch that home field advantage because of Carson Wentz, they wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl. That was a daunting task. You would have had to have go in. You would have had to play Atlanta, right? Atlanta at home, that's always tough. Then you would have had to go off and play either the Saints. Oh, then on top of that, the Saints had to lose. The Minneapolis Miracles would happen. I guarantee you if the Saints would have, if the Saints would have beat the Vikings, and the Minnesota Miracle didn't happen. The Saints might have won. They might have beat the Eagles at home. They're they're a team that that at that at that point the Eagles they were the Eagles they were struggling uh, to defend the pass. And that season you had Alvin Kamara, you had Mark Ingram, you had Michael Thomas who was starting to emerge. I mean you had guys who could get you, Jimmy Graham I believe was with that team with the, with the team that season. I could be wrong, but so much had to go right. So you got to give Wentz some credit there too. There would be no there'd be no Eagles Super Bowl had that not have happened. The Eagles needed that home field and they got it. One hundred percent they were gonna go to the playoffs with Carson Wentz. Matter of fact, they would have won. That seat, like I said, you so much was going right for them. You you put Carson Wentz with that rushing offense. They would have won. They still would have won. Nothing else would have. Nothing would have changed. Max, they were eleven and two with Nick Foles before he went down. He was your MVP. He got hurt. With Carson Wentz. Look at. I'm talking about Carson yeah. Wentz. I apologize. They were eleven and two with Carson Wentz. Sure. He goes down. He was your league MVP at the time. I agree. So what I'm saying to you is the only way your argument makes sense is if you're saying that what Nick Foles did that year, they won the Super Bowl. They would not have done it with Carson Wentz no. playing the way that he was playing at the time. I don't know that they would have done it with Carson Wentz or not. That's not fair because he didn't get the chance to show it. I know they did do it with Nick Foles. I also know the team was flat with Carson Wentz. Yes, there were injuries. He did flat year. with Carson Wentz last, last year. year when he they came were back. juiced with Nick Foles last year. And I noticed they're flat again with Carson Go Wentz. Go look at this how year. many points they scored with Carson Wentz last year and then with Nick Foles. Go look at how many points they gave up. That's the fundamental the difference, way, Max. That's, what- that's true. The Eagles, they score more points with Carson. They scored more points with Carson Wentz, and that's with healthy weapons. 
That's with healthy weapons. You're asking Carson Wentz to put up. See, and the thing is, they, when they lost to the to the Miami Dolphins, a lot of the blame was put on the offense again as they said, well, maybe they should have scored more. Well, yeah, perhaps. But I think that what had happened was that Doug Peterson was trying to get a little too cute. I'm just, just going on a tangent here with nothing to do with this topic. Doug Peterson tried to get cute, and he tried to basically put the – he tried to put the game in Carson Wentz's hands and, and said, hey, you know, we're going to try to make you look good. Wentz had three touchdowns and one interception. Still looked good. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's just kind of like when you think about it, Wentz is asked to do more. All they had to do, all that they had to do was run the clock out. You're going up against the number 31, I think, the, or 28th rush defense in the league, and you can't close it out. This has nothing to do, I don't think, with Carson Wentz. I think this is also a coaching issue. I think that Doug Peterson tends to uh, have too many brain fart moments. But back to this, sorry. It's a team game. And by the way, I'm talking about someone. I watch the Eagles a lot. I see the reason I, this season when people are like, some people are saying, hey, Carson Wentz is playing almost like at MVP levels. If, the, if guys weren't dropping passes, and I started to really pay close attention, and I thought, I don't see what people are seeing. I see a guy whose instincts are shot, frequently does the opposite of what he should be doing. I, and I started thinking, and, and then it was game after game after I'm game. Seeing a guy, I'm seeing the Philadelphia Eagles team that throws that has thrown the ball 101 times more than they've ran the ball this year. I'm Which isn't how their offense is supposed to be ran. That's not what you have. When you have a tandem of backs, you there has to be more of a balance. Simple as that. Even if you don't have those receivers, you still have to you have to show that that you're a threat running the football. And the Eagles didn't show that. They they, they didn't show that. Well, they showed it a little bit last season, but they haven't showed it at all this season. You have two backs, well, hopefully when Jordan Howard is healthy, but you have two backs who, who, can, who can tote the rock, but you're instead giving it, you're throwing the ball. With, with a 14-point score or 14-point lead, you're throwing the ball. Okay. In the Philadelphia Eagles team that has never prioritized a run, even though they got guys averaging better than four yards a carry. I.E. Miles Sanders, I.E. Jordan Howard. They ran the ball 19 times against Miami. 19 times, and their rush defense was ranked number 28. Seeing a Philadelphia Eagles team led by Coach Doug Peterson who asked of Carson Wentz what he never asked of Nick Foles. And I'm seeing Nick Foles having the requisite weapons available to him because those guys were healthy, whereas Carson Wentz has not had the luxury either being healthy himself or having guys healthy for him. That's facts. He is asked to go out there and consistently do more. I think it's a mistake. I don't think that you're wrong when you say that there's been a little bit off about him this year. But the point that I'm making is you have to look at the personnel around him. You have to look at what Peterson is asking of him to do. Yeah, exactly. All Everything I literally just said that. The personnel is different. The emphasis that they put in the offense is different. Like, that, 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 that's it. Stephen A. Smith just hit the hammer right on the head there. That that's it, or hit the what is it? Hit the hammer on the head, or hit the hammer on the nail, whatever the hell. You you get the point. It's totally different, way different. Wait, 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 w
quick, and I don't want to say what the difference is. If your instincts in pressure moments told you to throw me the football and I consistently let you down, would you continue to trust the if I, if I believed in you, yeah. If I thought you were good, Would you sure. continue to believe in I mean, me? And Carson Wentz does not believe in Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar has let the team down multiple times, dropped crucial catches. Except this time, it wasn't just Nelson Aguilar. Zach Ertz also did the same thing. Hmm. Why do you keep dropping the ball when he throws you the ball? When the other guy threw you the ball, you kept catching the ball. Okay. Oh, boy. I want want whatever. Look, whatever Max is on, I want some. Here's Here's the issue I have. Jared Goff has not been good this year. Jared Goff, we've seen play at a high level. He took a team to the Super Bowl last year. He was one of the reasons. He and no. Sean McVay took that team to the Super Bowl. Jared Goff just executed the plays that, that needed to be executed. Jared Goff wasn't even an MVP candidate last season. And then you look at, he didn't carry that team to the Super Bowl. That was on the backs of Todd Gurley, that uh, super that super squad defense that they put together. Uh, and, uh, and the genius of Sean McVay. That's it. That's it. That's really those two things. In the running throughout about two-thirds of the season for MVP. We kept saying they have three MVP candidates, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff. This- I don't remember Todd. I, don't, I really don't remember uh, Aaron, not Aaron Donald, Jared Goff being an MVP candidate. I, don't, I really don't remember that. Hasn't been good. Mm-hmm. But we always looked at Jared Goff, even with the arm talent like, he needs to play action with Todd Gurley. Dak Prescott, leadership qualities, doesn't turn the ball over. But when you, but both of them, the reason you like Carson Wentz so much, I assume, is the same reason I do. Because when I see Carson Wentz, I go, no, that's not Goff, and that's not Dak. That is a differently abled quarterback. That's a guy, like, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, not pitched at Mahomes level, but, like, that guy's just... He's got some Mahomes-esque qualities. I'll... I'll, I'll... Mahomes-esque intangibles. Let me put that. He's got the intangibles because he wants to make the big plays. He's athletic. He can escape the pocket. All those things are true, in my opinion. Therefore, there is there are a lot of expectations. And not only is he not meeting those, but his team is underperforming with him. Thanks for... Yeah. So, Max Kellerman's an idiot. So, basically, hopefully that was a good breakdown. Well, I broke down as much as I could. Uh, regarding this uh, issue that the uh, that the Eagles are going through, so I said it's getting a little bit late. I'm about to get out of here. Peace.